coming up on today's episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. Criticism kills motivation, but from a practical standpoint, isn't criticism necessary for meaningful progress to take place? When using Money Pants, how can you avoid the poison of criticism, but still help your family members make necessary changes and improvements? Today, we're going to talk about what exactly qualifies as criticism versus what qualifies as correction. We'll talk about how the two have very different motivations and very different effects on the person receiving them. We'll talk about how to approach problems in a way that helps motivate others. We'll talk about why you shouldn't feel guilty or shy about giving your children a healthy dose of corrections. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. Never criticize someone until you've walked a mile in their shoes. That way, when you do criticize them, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We are your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from newborn to college student. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life. But the only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. And today's topic is never criticize. And this is another one of the, 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 the three nevers. You know, never lie, never criticize, and never argue. And Hannah, we heard this when we first got married. There was a prominent, well, I don't know how prominent, but there was a family psychologist person that we had listened to and we liked a lot of his ideas and that this was one of them interestingly he was actually we didn't agree with all, some of the things he said and we put them in practice and found out some of them didn't work but a couple of these concepts he was right on the money and one of them was never lie and we talked about that one last week where you don't want to lie to your children just the lessons that teaches them it's all sorts of bad the other one that we really like, the, there are two more, but the one we're going to talk about today is to never criticize. And when I first heard that, I'm like, what? That, 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 didn't, uh, that didn't resonate with me. I'm like, of course you need to criticize. People do things wrong. You have to correct them. You have to you know, straighten them out. Like, it's like it seemed a little extreme. You know, like never criticize. It just seemed like, oh, it's, it's too easy to say that. But after dealing with that and thinking through that and kind of working through that for years now, Hannah, I, he's right. He's right on the money. And this is something I really struggle with. Well, I, it, it, it very much applies to money pants as you're implementing money pants because there are many opportunities during money pants where you could fall into criticism. One is during job inspections. Oh, forget and the forget during, money pants. How about just being life? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but you're right. But, but the you, thing is, is money pants is about motivating people to become their best. Right. And nothing kills motivation like criticism. <laughs> and so one of one of my pet peeves is if I've made a meal, like a nice dinner or lunch or anything, and I, I sit everybody down and somebody criticizes the meal. I don't like this. I don't want to eat this. Or Oh, no, no, no. Um, remember, we would have guests over. I remember one guest in particular walks in the house and goes, Ew. What's that smell? And you're like, um, well, whatever the smell is, you're not getting any. So it doesn't matter. Like no, right, right off the bat, you're like, I don't. Uh, no, you don't want to feed them. You're yeah. like, you know what? Go get yourself a, a hamburger at, at McDonald's. <laughs> Leave me alone. But the thing is, is I, I, I was I I would probably overreact to it, but I'd get very frustrated because I spent all this time planning out a menu, all this work doing the grocery shopping, which is exhausting, and and then preparing meals takes a long time, especially the type of meals I prepare where it's not just one dish. It's like, oh, I, I've got the bread here and a salad here and the main dish and a dessert. And, you know, and there and are plenty. And it's for 15 yeah, people. Yeah, and there are yeah. plenty of things there to choose from and to eat. And I, I never require my kids to eat everything on their plate. Mm -hmm. I don't I, I don't even require them to try everything on their plate. 
but I do require them to say thank you for the lovely meal and to not say anything bad about something they don't like. Hmm. I say, if you don't like something, just don't eat it. It, but I don't want to hear you say that. I don't want to, yeah. you know, I, instead I want to hear what that you're thankful for the meal. So my kids all, you know, when they're up to the table, they know, thank you for the lovely meal. Because if they start saying, oh, I don't like carrots. I'm like, okay, you may be excused. We'll see you at the next meal time. Hopefully you'll, <laughs> you'll remember your good manners. It only at, takes months. It only yeah. takes months. And then yeah, because like, oh, there wait. were plenty of other things besides the carrots you could have eaten. Yeah. And so, well, not only that, though, Hannah, you make fantastic food. Yeah. So there's really no excuse. But, but, but even but if there was an excuse, but, it doesn't matter because if, say, you're a single mom and you're trying to make ends meet and you have and you're you're coming straight home from work and you, you don't have time and so you microwave something for the kids, the kids still need to say thank you because you earned the money to buy it, you went to the store and bought it, and you prepared it. Like having that little ounce of gratitude goes a long way yeah. because if even if they complain, it's like, well, mom's like, well, why am I even bothering? Why yeah. am I even wasting my time even preparing food? You know, you guys go open a can of peaches. That's fine with me. You know, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So go microwave uh, your own tortilla. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it just kind of instead of getting ex- whereas when people were thanking me for the meals or saying, "Oh, I like this," or enjoying the meals, which people enjoy the meals more if nobody's criticizing, it would motivate me to go, "Oh, I'm going to do another menu or I'm going to try something. So criticism totally destroys motivation, which is is funny because criticism can be a habit. And I know that's one of the things I have. That is a habit I have is to criticize. Whereas the flip side is kind of like this attitude of gratitude, which is like the opposite almost of criticism. Not quite, but like when, like you said, when you're at the meal and you're like, wow, thank you for uh, making such a great meal. I don't know how much time you put into it. This is, thank you. Ooh, I really like this salad dressing yeah. or, you know, it, that sort of thing where you're focused, you're mostly focused on on what you're grateful for, what you like, or, you know, well, and recognizing the, the effort. negativity. Yeah, yeah it, it as, you know, I wasn't, I really didn't know how to cook very well when we first got married, Fontaine. And Okay, and I will so, toot my own horn here, though. I may have a problem with criticism, but this is one place I did not make a mistake. <laughs> when we first got married, I was so grateful that you wanted that you wanted to feed me i was so and i i never criticized your food ever yeah that was smart no it was one time <laughs> there's one time i put too much salt in the eggs. And i didn't criticize it i just couldn't eat it. i couldn't yeah but i and from that day until now i have i have been very i, I think that was a wise choice yes to not I, I, criticize. Did. I think so too anyway but it really motivated me to go hey the they're eating it. They're enjoying it. They're grateful for and it. And I did, though. But but it made me want to be better. Oh, and you yeah. have gotten so yeah. much better. Like, yes, definitely. The meals you make are like Thanksgiving dinner every night. I used to brag to my coworkers back, you know, when I would uh, take some of the food into work. And I would brag to my coworkers. They're like, what are you eating? I'm like, oh, it's just, you know, leftovers from last night. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> and they were all impressed. Like, wow. Your wife's like a gourmet chef. And I'm like, I know. It's because he never would criticize, and it just got me so motivated. See, so there you oh, go. So if you want delicious food, don't criticize. Don't criticize. There it is. There's the there, lesson. The big secret. So, um, but so I, I, I wanted, but I made a realization when we were preparing for this podcast, Hannah. I made the realization, and the, the thought came to me about my son who is in speech therapy. He has a, a, a kind of a little lisp, and so he's getting some help for that, and. We had a speech therapist who, and this is all... We're going to criticize her here. It's all remote. (laughs) Well, no, I made an observation. Mm. She never made any corrections to what he was doing. He would say his R's wrong or his S's wrong or his... Uh, words in, in the wrong to- uh, uh, way, and she would never, never say and anything about it. she would say, good job. Great. Oh, that's great. Good Keep job. going. And he learned nothing. And he did not progress yeah, with her he for was with like a year. Months. Well, well, no, it was months and months because it no, was thought, after the COVID lockdowns that we had to switch over to this. Wasn't the same lady, though, before that? Mm-mm, no. Okay. Well, um, he didn't make progress for a very long time. Yes. He, he didn't make any progress at all with this one speech there where we finally we were like it's a it was just like an extra thing for us to do and it was a waste of time no it was no no it was worse than a waste of time because she was telling him that he was doing fine when in reality he was doing it wrong 
He was still saying the words wrong, so it was reinforcing the wrong behavior because she never gave him any sort of, I don't want to say criticism. Well, because he he would ask her, how did I do? Because he wanted a percentage Mm because his previous teacher would say, hey, you got 80% right or 85%. And she was very meticulous about how well he would do when she would quiz him. Mm -hmm. And she she would tell, this new one would say, you did 100%. And he's like, Mom, I'm 100% now. And we're like, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> we, if anything, well, we, he was backsliding because it was reinforcing the wrong habits. Yeah, and so we were, we, and we were listening and we're like, wow, he's saying all these things wrong. And we're like, either the teacher can't hear him or she's not just doesn't want to correct him. And so that's kind of like the polar opposite of the experience you had with making food. Where when the kids would criticize, it totally ruined the motivation for you to keep cooking. Where there was there was all this criticism. Well, the opposite was with my son, where he got no criticism and there was no progress. Like, well, and then we realized, wait a minute, criticism and correction are two different right. Things. And so, that, and that's what I want to talk about today. Yeah, is, and so understanding, yeah, like, okay, what is the difference between the two, mm-hmm. and how can you have the benefits of corrections and teaching moments? versus criticism and we're gonna that stay true to the, kills your motivation. Oh, and we're going to stay true to the original premise that you should never criticize. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna, so let's just talk about that. I kind of think there's three parts to this where it, basically we need to f- define what, what is criticism, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, why is it so destructive? And then the rest of the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, what to do instead. Like, what's the better alternative? And hopefully we've got enough examples to kind of make this uh, seem obvious. Like, oh, that, that makes so much more sense. Hopefully. Because when, when I finally understood the correct way to do it, it, it really did help me be better. I'm still, I still got a long way to go, but it, not criticizing. Articulating what, what it means to correct versus criticize right. is important because a lot of people have lumped it all into one. And similar to this speech therapy teacher who wasn't giving valuable corrections that were needed, mm-hmm. a lot of people have, have said, oh, don't ever tell a child that they've done something wrong and right. don't just say good job good job and this is a new theory of teaching that's come along where i, I know teachers at, at like various schools where they're saying yeah and we're being required to that we can never mark that a kid did something wrong on a, a piece uh, on their um, oh, no, there's homework this new, there's this new or, there's this new push to get rid of grades altogether and this is part of the everybody gets a trophy mentality where it's actually very unhelpful yeah and it, it, and it admires everybody in mediocrity. Yeah. And so so if you don't articulate what the difference between criticism and correction is, you'll fall into that trap of, oh, gosh, I should never tell anybody they did anything wrong. Right. And so we're going to delineate very clearly. There's a big difference between, yeah. between criticism and correcting. Yeah. And criticism, we say no. Correcting. Yes. Absolutely. It's 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 a very positive and thing. And having said that, let's define what criticism is. Criticism is well, the 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 dictionary definition says to to censure or to find fault with or to judge. I'm like, okay, that's a kind of a partial definition, but the idea is, you know, your criticism is where you're focusing on what's wrong, but you're only focusing on what's wrong at the expense of everything that's right. So it's straining at a gnat but swallowing a camel, that concept where you, you can't see the forest through the trees. Like you, you get myopic, you get tunnel vision. There's this, you know, there, there's this amazing car and somebody's worked really hard to put it together and you're like, uh, the window isn't clean. You're like, wait, what, what? I built this car from scratch and I painted it and I put it in the engine and I put on these, did all this work and you're focusing on a, Window that's not clean. A smudge on the window. Like, yeah. So you're, you're missing the big picture. So that's kind of what criticism is, where it's nitpicking, but it's it's at the expense though of focusing on what all the good. Um, and, and so, well, for instance, like uh, we talk about the, in our payday video, where we focus on what uh, on what's right, 
and we talk about reward, reward, reward. It's all, it's super positive. It's all really trying to motivate the person to keep going and, and to, to reward them for all their hard work and to recognize all the effort that they've put in, you know, and that, and which, which is why it's so critical, you know, when mom and dad go on money pants and they're working to develop their own habits and, and be consistent in their work ethic, they go, oh, this, this is, is really, really hard. This is really hard. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's really you cool because you appreciate how hard your kids are working to, oh, wow, you know what? You did write in your journal every day that week except one. I'm also, I have the same goal and I only wrote in my journal twice. Wow, okay, I see how difficult it is and I am even more appreciative of the effort you're putting in and it really does go a long way to, to diffusing that desire to criticize when you're using money pants as a mom and a dad. Well, so. that reminds me of, uh, you know, when I've just had a baby and I'm stuck in bed, I'm supposed to stay in bed and to recover for a certain period. And sometimes it ends up being longer than others, depending on, you know, what happened during labor. Well, I've noticed And and I've observed this is while I'm laying there in bed, I can hear what's going on in the house and I can hear how people are handling problems and whatnot. And and here and I'll realize, wait, all these people are, you know, helping me out and stuff. But in my mind, I'm like criticizing a lot of what's going on on outside, like why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? Mm. And it's so easy to criticize when you're not the one working and you're not the one trying to manage it. It's right. really easy to go, well, they should have done this or they should have done that. And so it always makes me laugh because it's almost like I can't help it, though, where I'm like, I should be very grateful, but I'm laying here doing nothing. and But I'm criticizing mm. the, the people who are working in my mind that that's what happens. And I, I know that that's what's happening. But I'm like, yeah. a lot of times people who are very critical, you realize you're like, ah, it's because they don't have anything to do. It's because they're not working. <laughs> and so, so that's why it's really important that the parents be on money pants as well, is because once you're the one in there doing the work and working on yourself and working on your own goals, then you're not as critical of anybody else because it, really does go a it long just puts way. you on the same plane where where a lot of times people when they're retired or something like that if they don't fill up that retirement with working and contributing in a meaningful way if they if they actually have nothing to do they can start to become a busybody mm. or you know oh, telling right. other people you know and fall sure. into that trap of well you're doing this wrong you're raising your kids wrong you're, to do. how did your toddler get out of the house <laughs> you know where you're like do you not remember how hard this is <laughs> or, yeah or your yard isn't perfectly clean or your chickens are getting out or yeah yeah or your fence needs repairing or and they just critical 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 if you don't yeah. have enough to do if you're not working on yourself and working it is really easy to criticize other people and so that's kind of a, a little remedy there is, okay, make sure you're doing it. <laughs> so but going so. back to this definition of criticism, it, it really, I think that there are three kind of three parameters that really define what criticism is. And, and I like the di- dictionary definition. That's fine. You know, the whole idea of to censure or to find fault with. And then I added in the, you know, at the expense of, of seeing what's good. But, but really at its core, criticism is personal. It's destructive and it's selfish. And I think if we can get away from those three things, we're going a long way from, to, to avoid criticism. Because criticism is, is selfish, it's destructive, and it's personal. And what I mean is, here, here's an example where uh, you may be during job time and you're the job inspector and you go and, you know, maybe I'm inspecting Falcon's job and I say, ah, oh, you did sloppy work. You're just being lazy. You didn't even wipe the counters correctly. Well, that that's that's being that's destructive. That that's very unmotivating for him. But it's a it's a personal attack. Um, There's a lot of you 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 there, yeah. and it's all about and it's trying to make me feel better. Like it's it's just it, it it's not considering him or his motives or how it affects him. Um, I think another, and it's so easy to criticize. It's so, yeah, that's the problem, Hannah. It's so easy to criticize it. It's so, I think we're wired that way to see the wrong, to see what's missing, what's out of place. I, even back when we were little kids, when we were watching Sesame Street and one of these kids is doing his own thing. One of these kids is doing it 
wrong, you know, <laughs> doesn't belong, doesn't belong, <laughs> where you, I think we're just kind of programmed to see what's out of place, what's wrong, what's missing, what's broken, and as opposed to focusing on all the good. And so it's really kind of a reprogramming of our of our brains. And Money Pants relies on that. It relies on parents and everybody in the family kind of working together as a team. We keep going back to this team idea, this team mentality of, and if you've ever been on a team and your teammates are criticizing you, does that motivate you to try harder? Does that ever work? Oh, we um, Falcon was on a team like that where the teammates would cr- criticize each other. You mm-hmm. like, you drop the ball and la la la, uh-huh. you know, and they'd get mad at each other and it totally ruined the team morale. And then the next year he was on another team that was one of the best team in in the league. They were they ended up being the champions. And if one of the teammates started getting down on the one of their teammates for for dropping the ball or, mm-hmm. you know, messing up, the coach would just put the kibosh on put it. the kibosh on yeah. it. And it was so smart because later we, we played this other team and they were being so mean to each other. To each other. To each other. To each other. And it was just it was just sad. It took all the fun out of playing. Yeah. It destroyed their confidence. It Well, you're so worried about making a mistake because you're gonna get criticized that you actually by your end up, friends that you actually end up making teams. more mistakes. Yes. And it and it's this downward, horrible, downward, miserable spiral spiral. Yeah. And nobody and, want nobody wants to be on a team like that. In the in the pros, they call that the the locker room. Yeah, the, the vibe in the locker room where there's locker room leadership, where it's how the players interact with each other behind the scenes mm-hmm. when they're not on the field, you know, and, and they're if they're always criticizing each other behind the scenes, it does. It, it destroys team morale and it makes the team worse. And no team that has infighting ever goes very far. It just that's not how it works, you know. A lot of times, criticism, unfortunately, we see that now, like on the internet, when people leave feedback and make comments. And the thing is, is it's destructive. And you know it's destructive because they're saying things you would never say to a person face-to-face because it would hurt their feelings. Yeah. And so there's no consideration of, hey, this is a person and uh, that I'm I'm saying this to and this is going to... They're going to read this. They're going to see this. They're going to take yeah. this personally. And so the comments that get left are things people would never, ever, ever say to a person face to face. But they're uh, a lot of times they're scathing and downright awful. Yeah, where people commit suicide and and stuff after you know getting you know they make a mistake or they do something wrong because mm-hmm. the the comments people leave are just so um, harsh. Uh, they're harsh. Well, and that, that, and that criticism is harsh. Well, that leads right into uh, the, the second question, which is, you know, why is criticism so destructive? And I think that that's exactly it, where it takes away, we've already talked about this, it takes away your motive for improvement. It makes you angry. It's inherently selfish. It damages relationships. I mean, it, it, okay, like and, you said, you know, I did all this work to make these menus, to make these wonderful meals. I went shopping and created a meal only to have you criticize it. Like, yeah. I don't want to do so, that anymore. I have no desire to do that. You go get McDonald's or you go heat yourself up a TV dinner. Like I'm not, yeah. forget it. Why, why did I waste my time and energy? So, so um, the criticism, it's, it's, it's focused on the person. You're stupid. You're sloppy. You're lazy. Right. You're. It's a personal attack. Um, you're it's a giving, personal attack. It's where you're giving them a negative label. You're labeling mm. them as something negative. Yeah. Um, you're a loser. You're. You know, you're incompetent. You're sloppy. You're lazy. You're dumb. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're basically pasting a label on them and labeling them in some negative way. Does that ever help? Yeah, like, here, it never if, helps if, to if give cri- somebody negative labels. If criticism and negative labels helped, everyone would be perfect by now. <laughs> <laughs> right. You could criticize uh, your kids into perfection. It'd be great. Yeah. You just go around, oh, criticize this and this and this. And you kids, the kids who are the most criticized would be the most successful. Yeah. It, you're stupid. You're an idiot. You're. Uh, <laughs> it does not work. Yeah. That so, way. so criticism puts negative labels on people. So it's a personal attack. 
It's destructive. It, it's always a, has a negative. It's focused on the negative. And then what was the last one? It's selfish, meaning the motive, the underlying motive That's it. isn't That's actually it. to help the other person. That's it. It's to vent your frustrations or it's to it's to make yourself feel superior. A lot of us, though, we have these or, inferiority complexes or we have these issues that we're working through. And yeah, if... In order to make ourselves feel better, we got to put others down and we we got to get away from yeah. that because that's well, what criticism is. Well, you noticed and I've noticed that, for example, if you're struggling with depression at any point, like if, you, if you're feeling depressed or angry, mm. it is almost impossible not to criticize. Yep. It is like so hard. I found There's that- There's a stream of negativity flowing through <laughs> your brain and it doesn't matter what you say, Hannah, it will come out. Is negative. Yes, and so I think that's to, why. To not say anything. Yeah, yeah, that's where that came from. Is if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all, because uh, sometimes you have to just let those moments, those times pass, it's and hard, just tr- it's so not hard. say anything. Because I'd like I noticed like if I'm having a hard time and there's a lot of negativity inside me that's not resolved. And I open my mouth and try to compliment somebody, it always has a negative twist to it. Like, it's true. You can't even make it <laughs> like you try, and it's, it, it just turns. You look really a, good today. Sure wish. But with a, I wish I wasn't so ugly. <laughs> you know, like it yeah. just, everything well, has like a negative yeah. twist to it. So sometimes, you know, you just have to realize, gosh, I'm not doing well right now. I'm not going to make any comments. <laughs> well, no, but, but uh, I think criticism is kind of like complaining, oh. basically, where, yeah. but you're not offering any possible solutions. It's just complaining. Yeah. And again, that doesn't help anybody. That doesn't motivate anybody to do better. Is my heart filled with love towards this person? If not, I shouldn't say anything. Right. And so, and it, so oh, no, no, but no, that's, oh. that's because you can love somebody who did something wrong or somebody that needs a correction. And it changes how you go about it and the tone and the, but if you are are about to say something and you don't like that person, just shut it. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't feel love for that person, don't say what you're about to say. Yeah. So. And if if your goal, well, no. Okay. So let's talk about that. Let's, this, that leads right into the second half of the podcast, which is we're going to talk about. The alternative. What's better? What we should do instead of criticizing? And Because here's the thing, Hannah. If going oh. back to my son's speech teacher, I think maybe she had bought into the idea that you never criticize and therefore she chose to never say anything negative at all. But that that's not helpful. She bought into that. She kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater where she not only did she not criticize, but she also didn't correct. She didn't know what to do. Right. And so I think what I want to talk about now is what, what the alternatives are. Instead of, we say never criticize, well, what do you do instead? And this is it. You can critique, but I think a better term would be correct, to, to offer corrections. And it, so a, a correction focuses on how the other person will feel after receiving the correction. You know, the golden rule, mm-hmm. you know, treat others how you'd want to be treated. If you're about to say something nasty, like, Man, you are so awful at wiping the counters or your bet, you made your bed. What are, what are you, two years old? You know, <laughs> well, how would you feel if the, ta- the tables were turned and someone was saying that to you? So maybe think about that first before, before you say something, say, wait, 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 how can I do this in the most constructive way possible? And think of it as a correction rather than as a criticism. Where um, So instead of, uh, so we, we said earlier that, you know, you have, it's personal, mm-hmm. it's selfish, and it's destructive. So one of the keys is to make it not personal. So yeah, instead so of saying, gosh, you made this bed like a two-year-old would, instead say, okay, Johnny, all right, you made your bed, great. It would look better. It would look better if you pulled the corners and made it smoother. Mm-hmm. And look how nice that looks. So it's not lumpy in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And say that makes it look that that makes it look smooth and neat. Instead of focusing on the person, you focus on the object mm-hmm. or the action, not on the person. Right. So let, let's talk about so, some, some of these basic principles when giving corrections. Like you said, treat others how you want to be treated. Okay. Um, focus on what the other person needs and wants. Not what you want. So again, okay. flip the script. How would you? How would you like it if that was being said to you? And then, because that's just it. You know, uh, I'm thinking of you know, like 
when I was playing when I was playing basketball as a kid, I wish someone had given me corrections. I I would have loved to get some feedback on my shot. My shot was horrible. And I wish someone would have just said, Say, "Oh, dude, hey, you- if you want to improve your shot, you follow through like this and, and you- like this and like this. This is how you do it." So it's I wanted of, that. Don't think of it as criticizing. Think of it as teaching or making suggestions. Well, the for difference would have been if someone came up to me and said, "Dude, your your shot stinks." Where'd you learn to shoot? Well, that's a criticism. Whereas yeah. if someone said, hey, dude, your shot would be so much better if you did this and this. Let me show you. <gasps> I would have been. Anna, yeah, that would have been. That would have made my life so much, my basketball that shows career that you so care. much better. That shows that you care yeah. about somebody. Well, it's funny. Um, I had a daughter who was taking ballet and she got all upset because she's like, the teacher's picking on me. She comes over and, you know, shows me I'm doing something wrong in front of the whole class. And she got really embarrassed. And and I said, no, honey, you don't understand. Ballet teachers, if they're coming over and correcting you, they always correct the, the kids in the class that have the most potential. And if they're not, and you understand this, if you've been in ballet long enough, that if the teacher's not coming by and correcting you, it's because they don't think you're going anywhere. But that's true of any sport. Yeah. Where football, the football players who get the most attention are the ones with the most natural talent and they get the most corrections. If you're not getting corrections in your sport, that's usually a bad sign. That means that because it's not worth their time. Yeah. And that's, that's usually, that's usually a a, a sign that you're probably not very good and you're going to have to go somewhere else to get the corrections you need. So you act, corrections are good. Corrections are a compliment. And that you want yeah. Um, but I and I think so. Another principle when giving corrections is to focus on what to do instead of what not to do. And I think more often than not, we have a tendency to tell to say, "Oh, don't do that. Don't do that." And I, toddlers come to mind. And mm-hmm. I have, I've had my fair share of experience with toddlers, and they're constantly being told no. Everybody around them is telling them no because they're getting into everything. Oh, they put the phone in the microwave again. Oh, they're carrying around a knife. Oh, they're doing this. What's better? Is that when they're carrying around the knife, instead of saying, "Oh no, no, don't, don't, don't do that with a knife. Don't, tar- don't carry a knife." See, I'm just telling them what not to do. What would be better is to say, "Hey, Tank, let's put the knife on the counter." Yeah. And all of a sudden, he 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 knows what he can do, and it's really in it's encouraging, but it's also empowering for the toddler to know the right thing to do because yeah. they don't know. They're a toddler. They're two. They're three. They don't know any better. So when you take them by the hand and say, "Hey," That rag that you threw on the ground, let's put that in the sink instead so it can get washed. And yeah. you take it by the hand and lead them, and they put it in the sink. And then guess what happens next time there's a rag on the ground? They go put but, it in the sink. Because they want to well, be helpful. They, like, they want to do what's right. And it's exciting and empowering to them to get that information. Yeah. And so, like, kids, you know, you if you're like, oh, I don't want them playing over here. I don't want them playing in the house. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, don't play here, don't play here, don't go here, don't touch this, say... Give them the idea of what they should be doing. Right. Say, go play over there. Go. Uh, why don't you guys go play basketball right now? And that go is on a bike so ride. Go play much tag in the more. Yeah, go swing on the swing set. Yeah, go do this. Go do that. And all of a sudden, they're like, "Oh, okay." That's and, a great idea. And and they go do it. Where that works better than saying, "Oh, don't touch that. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that." Focus on what to do. And criticism's the same way. Instead of saying, "You did that wrong. Don't do it like that. Don't do it like that." Yeah, at blah, what point blah, blah. do they know the right thing? Um, yeah. Instead, it's a lot more effective, and it's it's uh, more motivating if you say, "Do it like this. Do it like that. Focus on this what they is how can you do. do. It. Yeah. yeah, and teach them and say, "Oh." So like a, a common correction I'll give, like when I'm teaching four-year-olds how to wipe the table, the dining room table, is I'll say, okay, now lean your head to the side because the table's kind of glossy and lean your head to the side. Do you see any smudges? I see one over there. I mm. see that. Okay. After you do that, now go wipe that area. Then come back. Now, how does it look? Okay. That was a correction. And, and they're not it's offended so by it. They're like, oh, that's how you do it. Yes. That's how you do it. Okay, lean your head to the side. What do you see? Okay, you see the smudge there and there? You got to go get those. Go get those. Well, and the cool thing is... You know, is, so you're focused on how to do it and what to do. Not, you did this wrong. This is awful. You're, you're, you do sloppy work. Well, and I will notice my own kids telling each other no. And I will stop them and I'll say, oh... Instead of saying no, perhaps tell them what they should do instead. 
Yeah. Like, I'm actually well, teaching them to give corrections. <laughs> it reminds me of you, where Fontaine, where you worked at, on jobs where they, they didn't manage their office correctly or they didn't use correct techniques in, in the skills that you were hoping to learn. Uh-huh. And this was when we were young newlyweds, and you would oh, say, right. you would say, gosh, you know, I, yeah, you know, and maybe in school you didn't learn things right from your teachers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you say, I can learn a million ways to do it wrong, but at some point I need to learn to do these things right. Yes. I, I can learn what not to do. Yeah. Uh, there, there are so many things not to do, yeah. but it would sure be nice to but be it will shown. Never, it will never teach me the right way to yeah, do it. Yeah, it sure. I'll just, I'll just learn a thousand ways to not do it. Yeah, it sure would be nice to just learn the right way. Okay, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, that's a bad idea too. And and you were really craving the opportunity to just have somebody show you how to do things Correctly. And then we finally got to Hollywood and wow, some of those. Now, not all the companies were, were, did it right either, but I worked for the, with a few companies and they did it right. And it was so wonderful to, to, see, know, to know the we, right way to do how things. How to do things correctly and professionally. Yeah. And and so it's the same with, with when you're giving corrections. If you're constantly, that's wrong, that's not good, that's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> There's a thousand ways you can do things wrong. Focus on what to do. Yeah, what's the right thing yeah. to do? Well, no, that reminds me of um, um, we did the family uh, family council podcast. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of the same idea where you can't bring up complaints unless you have a possible solution. Like mm-hmm. you can't bring up a, a, a problem mm-hmm. unless you suggest something to do. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a that's a correct principle. Where <laughs> and you know what? That's just it. Hannah, money pants. The whole the whole concept of money pants really is set up for giving corrections, not criticism. And we've talked about you know job inspections, but payday. They're both they both. Well, I guess we'll talk about this in a minute, where you could fall into the trap of being critical. But really, inspections are uh, an opportunity to correct. Where you have these clearly laid out lists mm-hmm. of jobs, and and you have the the description. And like, this is what needs to be done here, 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 and here. And so when you're comparing and doing the job inspection, you say, okay, great. You got the sink done. You did the counters well. You, you, but you, oh, looks like um, the, the baseboards are dirty. So you got to finish that. Yeah. And it takes all the emotion out and it's just a correction as opposed to a, as opposed to a criticism. And same yeah. with payday where, and we we talk about this, but I, I can't hit this point home hard enough. Payday has to be positive. Payday has to be about rewards and compliments and, <laughs> and, and no criticism at all on payday because of how hard they're working now. If you criticize it, like you said, Hannah, it destroys motivation. So, okay. So I guess that begs the question, though, isn't criticism necessary sometimes? Isn't it sometimes necessary to criticize? And to that, we answer no. No, it's not. Criticism is never necessary. Corrections, on the other hand, are constantly necessary, especially when you are raising children, especially if you're a coach, especially if you're a business leader. Corrections are constantly necessary. And if you're not correcting, you're not doing your job. That's your job. You're not teaching. And and correcting and teaching, we're going to use those interchangeably. Because As a parent, you should be teaching. What's the example that, that, that I love? It's the air traffic controller. When the guy is flying the plane in to land and the air traffic controller is like, oh, you idiot, turn two degrees to the right. You're on the wrong run. Well, you're such a fool. Where did you learn to fly? No, that's not what he says. The air traffic controller goes, turn two degrees to the right. Come in on, you're, you're coming in, you're too high, you're too hot, whatever. Nose down, blah, blah, blah. He's giving corrections not criticisms. And does the pilot resent him for those corrections? No. No. The pilot's actually the pilot's actually anticipating those. And the pilot relies and, on and those. And needs those. Yes. And if he doesn't get them, there's something really wrong and something could go terribly wrong. So uh, th- that's the idea of a correction versus a criticism. It's a, it's a teaching moment. It's a guiding moment. And that's, Hannah, if I could get this down pat in my life, I would be so good. I would be so good. I know I have work to do, but th- that's the whole concept. And I really like this where going back to my son's speech teacher, she didn't understand that 
where she didn't, she withheld those corrections and by doing so, withheld my son's progress. And that's, that's a real bummer. That was, a, and it was, it was actually a waste of time. Just like if the air traffic controller was like, oh, I don't want to give this guy corrections. I'm worried I'm going to hurt his feelings. And he crashes the plane. Yeah. Well, well which is better? <laughs> not only did you, would you not hurt his feelings, but you saved his life too. So yeah, you know, that's kind of yeah. an extreme I, and example. And the air traffic controller's not calling them, hey, you idiot, lower <laughs> the plane. <laughs> you know, the three degrees. You want to die? You want to kill everyone? What? <laughs> well, and then. Who taught you how to fly? <laughs> Where'd no, you get your license? It's, it's focused on. Dolly okay, Dinkle Flight School. Uh, you need to do this. Okay, bring it in. Okay, good. Blah, blah, blah. All right, yeah. you're clear to go. You know, it's it's just it's just focused on. Uh, it's wh- not personal. It's not personal. It's oh, what, what were the what were the three things? It's 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 not personal. It's not selfish. It's not selfish, and it's not destructive. And it's not destructive. It, it's impersonal, or it's focused on not the person but something else. It's constructive, and it is. It's showing what to do, and it's helpful. And, and and it wasn't for their own like ego or benefit. Mm-hmm. It was oh, I'm going to help. Yeah, the air traffic controller's not stroke, uh, stoking his own ego by telling him where to go. <laughs> He's doing his He's do- job. Just doing his job. He's doing his job. So, but uh, you, you brought up a good point too, Hannah. Where there's also this concept of of internal criticism, where you would go shopping. Um, oh yeah, and, and, I, I would um, when I would go shopping. A lot of times, you know, I try on clothes, and if the clothes didn't look good on me or didn't fit right, I would go, oh, I'm unattractive. Oh, my, I'm, I'm fat. I'm a pig. I eat too much, and I need to lose weight, or there's no sense in even coming shopping. And I'd leave the store just feeling like garbage, being like, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm a very unattractive person. None of those clothes looked good on me. And I, I, I've got to stop, you know, eating. <laughs> and how did, how did that make you feel? Awful. Did it motivate you? To, no. To do the and right so thing? I ended up wearing like big T-shirts and, and, you know, trying to hide my body or whatever, because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not attractive and clothes don't fit me. No. Nope. And so, so anyway, one time I remember going shopping with my dad and I was a teenager and I was really embarrassed to go shopping. I'm like, oh, I hate shopping. I hate trying on clothes. And For I'm good not, reason, yeah. And, and it was embarrassing to come out and, oh, this doesn't look good on me. And I, I because I was personally attacking myself. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised when my dad was like, because I'd come out in something that didn't look good. And I was mortified because I was like totally blaming myself. And my dad's like, you know what? That that does not flatter. That that dress does not flatter your figure. Let's find something, a different style. Let's find something different. Uh, Whereas he understood of, hey, different clothes are made for different body types. Let's find something that looks good on you that was made for you. It wasn't or, an attack on your body. Or I your know, body and shape, he didn't or, like say. And I was like, okay, and went and tried, you know. And then he's like, you know, that looks good, but the color isn't uh, matching your skin tone. That's the wrong color for you. We need to find the right color. And I was like, oh, what a okay, difference. let's do that. <laughs> Instead of focusing on what not to do, he was focusing so on, on, yeah, let's find a different style. Do. Let's try something, you know, with a longer mm-hmm. waist mm-hmm. or with, you know, and I was like, I don't know that we bought anything, but my mind was kind of blown by that. I was like, oh. But your dad is like the master at, he's like a master teacher where he. He, he, he does. He likes to teach. And well, I also noticed one thing that he would do because he was, he was very patient, uh, but he would, he would often say, uh, if 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 something needed a correction, he would make suggestions. He'd say, oh, you know, you might want to, you know, do blah, 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 mm-hmm. and, and try that out. And, and the reason why is because, and then he'd explain some principle or something, but, oh, you might want to try this out, and, and it might make it fly higher. It might, it might taste... Um, it might bring out the flavor better if you add a little more salt. Try mm-hmm. try that next time. Add it. You know, you might want to try this. You might want to try this. And it would get you excited so, and to you're try like, it. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I want to do it again. I want to try this and see if I can improve it. Well, not only that, you and would want to get yeah, you, feedback from him. Exactly. And you valued the feedback. I was he would never give. offended 
by by the so feedback. So there's this false notion, Hannah. There's this false notion that by giving corrections, you're offending people. That is blatantly false. That oh, is having been I on the receiving end and, and craving correction and not getting it. Yeah. I know that correction is not a bad thing. I always felt grateful for it. And I was sometimes PO'd that my dad didn't give more of it. <laughs> I'm like, why didn't he say that if he knew that? Why, oh, that's a phrase right there. Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say something? Well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe they had nothing nice to say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, but, but, but I, I, if you're uncomfortable giving corrections, think of my dad giving his suggestions. Hey, you might want to try this. It uh, might improve it this way. You might want to try this, and mm-hmm. this is why. So You might want to try this, and this is why. So, And I want to talk about that, where giving corrections is all about two things. So now, th- this is part of the podcast. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, the, you have... So go, go you ahead. might want to try this, and this is why. Uh, the why part is the teaching part. Oh, right. Okay. So he was teaching. He'd give a suggestion. He wouldn't just give a suggestion. He'd, he'd give a suggestion. And he'd explain the why behind it. Mm. And so you're like, you That's would like learn something. That's like the perfect something. formula, yeah. Yeah. Like the perfect pattern. Yeah, right and so it wasn't offensive. And it was, you learned something and you learned the principle underneath it. And it was very satisfying. Well, let, let's talk about that. Where when giving corrections, it's it's basically two two aspects. Your, your motives and your methodology. Mm. Why you're doing it and how you do it. And we, I think we've... I think we've kind of discussed like why you would want to do a correction versus uh, a, a criticism, and I think we've I think we've established that criticism is bad. Corrections, on the other hand, are the opposite. Not only are they good, they're absolutely necessary. And so, the first part of giving corrections is your motives. And I, this isn't a big topic. Why you're giving corrections? I think it, you need to ask. Why am I doing this? Why Why am I saying what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we talked about this last week with our with our never lie podcast where you need to pay attention to what comes out of your mouth. The same holds true when it comes to criticizing versus giving corrections. When you're giving corrections, you need to think about why am I giving this correction? First of all, are you trying to build somebody up, trying to help them to motivate, trying to to help them do better? And you brought up a good point too, Hannah. And I guess the good question would be, is your goal to humiliate or to motivate? And if it's to humiliate, it's criticism. If it's to motivate, it's probably a correction. Um, are you trying to keep them down or and to try to satisfy your own ego? That's not a good motive for giving a correction. And if that's the case, maybe just log that one away and, and not say anything. And, you know, I, I think of the example. Do and you I, love someone or do you hate them? <laughs> yeah. And if it's out of hate or spite or anger, mm, maybe refrain. Maybe just hold off. And this holds true on Facebook and YouTube and any other place where you can leave comments. If your motive is hatred or anger, don't do it. Just refrain. If you don't have something, seriously, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. It sounds so, I I don't know, old-fashioned. But boy, if there were ever a time in history where we needed it more, it's now. To have cordial conversation instead of this just flood of negativity on all of social media where it's just like, you're stupid and I hate this and this is dumb. Whoa. Let's just back off a little bit. But I'm reminded of, and I heard this analogy a long time ago. I've never seen it myself. I don't know if it's true, but I like the idea anyway. It's the whole idea of when these fishermen, they catch lobsters and they put them in the tank. And if if the lobsters were to just, I think, go too high, if they'd crawl on top, stand on top of each other too high, they could get out of the tank. But because lobsters are the way they are, what happens is one lobster tries to get out and the other lobsters pull it down. And so what happens is they actually keep themselves in their own prison because none of them will let the other ones climb out of the tank. It's the weirdest thing. And I'm like, that's what criticism is, where it never allows anybody to, to rise above. Criticism pulls people down. It pulls everyone down. It pulls everybody it keeps down. everybody down. So, uh, and I, I so... When it comes to your motives for giving corrections, I, I think most parents want what's best for their children. I'm going to work under that assumption. So I don't think this is really an issue, but I, I, I think the issue more is how you go about doing it. So I, I think let's spend the rest of the time talking about not, not so much your motives, but your method. How do you go about giving corrections? And we've talked about it a little bit. You know, your dad, I think he's a great example, making suggestions, then explaining why. But what... 
what's, let's talk about your methodology. Let's, um, I, I was also thinking as we were preparing this, there was a, I had a daughter that I wanted to talk to about wearing modest clothing. And so I, I thought about the ways that, what we had talked about, about Mm -hmm. not making it personal, making sure the motive was right, and not making it destructive, like not being destructive, not pulling the person down. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about, okay, you could approach it of, oh, you know, when you wear immodest clothes, you look like a prostitute. You know, how how would that work, you know? Oh, no, flip it around. If someone told you that. Yeah, you look like a prostitute. Oh, wow, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> so is know. that what you want to tell your, you know, your 13-year-old or your, right. your, your, you know, your child? My uh, six-year-old son? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you look, you know, you look like a tramp, Yeah. you know, and when you wear clothes like that. And so you're that, never, that's a personal attack. You're never going to catch a, a, you know, you're going to attract the worst guys and yeah. blah, blah, blah. No, that's a personal attack. It's negative and it's selfish. That's just, bleh. yeah, that's all, all sorts of wrong. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, your body is beautiful. You are beautiful. I want you to treat your body as sacred. I want you to treat it with respect mm. though, because it is sacred. And I want I want the guys who date you to know that they need to respect you because I love you and I don't want them to see you as just, you know, eye candy. Eye candy. Yeah. I want them to trophy see trophy wife, trophy I want, girlfriend. I want them yeah. to see you for who you are, not not <laughs> you know just a oh, you make me look good, you know, showing, you know, I I'm I'm going to show off this girl that it right. makes me look good. So I so I, I looked at the two ways that you could approach it where, hey, look, you need to stop wearing that because you can criticize you, can, you need to stop you doing that mm-hmm. because you look like a tramp and, and and you'll never get a good guy and you'll just end up white trash. Yeah. Ooh. Whereas well, that's not it, motivational. That's just no, negative and awful. But I do need to say something. Right. I'm her, I'm the mom, right? And, and it's your like we it's said. My it's my job. job. It is your job, job as parents to give corrections. It's the job of the coach to give corrections. What type of coach would last very long if he never gave any corrections? He just sat there and went, "Okay, yeah. guys, go go play. Yeah, go win the game." What? So so got to give corrections. That's your job. Making it clear. I love you. Yeah. You know, and she may or she may or may not take this, but. It's not, I did my job, but mm-hmm. I express my love. I express uh, I, 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 the, the beauty that she had. Mm-hmm. And also what I wanted her to also have was respect. Right. Because that's how she should be treated. And, uh, and so and, we, we, we didn't really talk about this at length, but when it comes to resolving concerns and this kind of falls into there where when you're resolving concerns you don't want it to be a personal attack of you 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 want it to be the object that you're discussing and and a good way to do that hannah is to think of it is to, to kind of put it on a table nearby so you're you're discussing the problem the problem or the issue rather than the person yeah and so you did a great job you're like your body well there it is over here we're going yeah. to talk about your body and your beauty as opposed uh-huh. to you we're talking yeah. about your body. It, it's, it's subtle, but it's significant. When I'm inspecting somebody's job, I say, "Wow, you did sloppy work." Nope. Yeah, that's bad. I would say, "Oh, these counters, I see crumbs, and it's not done quite right. The counter is still dirty, so it's not a it's not a personal attack. It, 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 the issue is over here. You, you've set that problem aside." And both of you can look at it. That's the cool thing is when you set the problem to the side, you can both look at it objectively. Mm-hmm. both people and go okay here's the issue we're talking about and it works yeah. way better it's much more effective to do it that way corrections the exact same concept here's the correction i want to discuss here's the concern or yep. here's the mm-hmm. yeah and I, anyway but i was trying to think of how to apply this because you know i i want to keep a good a good relationship and you know this is a sensitive sensitive issue so how do i approach this not hurting not hurting the person's feelings, yeah. but motivating them to to make better choices or or whatnot. So. Exactly. And so along those lines, though, and we talked about motivation, and your motives were already right. And I think a lot of times, and this is what parents fall into this trap, their motives are right, but their methods aren't. 
you know, how, how they go about it. And, and as we just talked about, you know, you want to, you don't want to address the person directly. You want to, you want to talk about the problem over mm-hmm. here separately, the mm-hmm. concern, but then you also want to avoid manipulating. You want to be straightforward and honest. Mm-hmm. And we, we talk and a lot of times you hear, you know, brutally honest, but we have a tendency when we're brutally honest to focus more on being brutal than <laughs> honest. Yeah. And I think it's important where when you're being honest, it maybe tone back the brutality a little bit where you had, I think, Hannah, you did a great job where you were being, you were being honest and you don't need to be brutally honest. Just be honest and, and, and be straight, but being straightforward, well, this y- is my know, concern. Yeah. I, I could say, wow, you do look like a prostitute. Well, that's true. She does. You know, <laughs> I, I could, you right. know, you could your say, teenagers, you could justify your 13 year old daughter shows like, up in a tube I was, top. Yeah. I was being, I was being brutally honest. You know, I was, no, I no, was what, being honest. What 13 year old girl doesn't go through that process? You know, the mm. heavy makeup and the tube top and the, <laughs> the booty shorts. You're like, wow, you look in the, the high boots. You're like, wow, you look like a prostitute. And it's true. But is that helpful is at that all? Helpful? No, no, not that's at all. that. That's being brutal, and so. so <laughs> but also, but, but at the same time, though, and, and we we go into yeah, even Jesus taught this, where he says, you know, let your communication be yay, yay, nay, nay, where you're you're not you're not mincing words. You're not yes means yes, no means no. That's what that scripture means. Mm-hmm. Where let your communication be yay, yay. Nay, nay. And a lot of people are like, I don't even know what he's talking about. Well, I'll explain it. What he says is, when you say yes, it means yes. And when you say no, it means no. In other words, be straightforward in your talk. But also he says, in roughly the same time, Jesus said, you know, if you got a problem with somebody, talk to them in private. So if there's, you don't need to give corrections in front of the whole family. It's, yeah, if there's something a sensitive topic, or I mean that doesn't like really that. apply to to payday and to job time per se. But if there's something a little more, kind of a sidebar, I guess, is if there is a problem and you need to give a correction, maybe work on the timing. Most yeah, most corrections should be done in private. Now we do suggest having payday in front of everybody, and that's why we say there shouldn't be any criticism. There should be no criticism at all during payday. It should be focused 100% yeah. on all the, the positives. But corrections for the job, uh, even that, it's it's done privately. It's yeah. okay. All right, let's go take a look at your yeah, job. You don't pull everybody together and say, all right, everybody. Hey, look what he did with the counters. Yeah. You know, it's, it's um, so yeah, even... Uh, when we do the podcast, even we try to, if if it's a negative comment or a criticism, we don't name the names of the people mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. we're not specific. Yep. And but if we have a compliment, you know, yeah, oh, it was this person. <laughs> well, and what, but at the same time, going back to the whole idea that sometimes, you know, not sometimes, you need to give corrections. What, what's the phrase? Um, Only your true friends will tell you your face is dirty. Mm-hmm. Where. If you kind of approach it that way, because again, there's this mentality that oh, you can't give corrections, you can't, you can't give criticism because that makes you bad, and they're going to be offended. Would you be offended if you're out with a group of friends and you had chocolate smeared on your cheek, and one of your friends said, "Hey, dude, you got chocolate on your face." Mm-hmm. Would you be offended by that? Well, or or if your zipper's down, and one of your friends had pulled you aside and said, "Hey." Your zipper's down. Yeah. Now, that pulling aside is important. Back to the, hey, you should do it in privacy. Right. Because some people are like, hey, your zipper's down. Then everybody looks and yeah, sees Yeah, and then you're the, embarrassed. Yeah, and then exactly. you're like more embarrassed. You're like, hey, that was kind of a jerk thing. You probably should have just told me quietly so I could fix the problem and not be more embarrassed than I need to be. So, um, so, so yeah, <laughs> the motives. But going back to, like, let's go back to payday. Let's give an example of what it means to give a correction versus a criticism. Where on payday, here's a here's a bad example. You're such a slacker, you didn't write in your journal once this week. That would be a criticism. See how it's personal, it's negative, and it's destructive. Would that motivate them to want to write in their journal next week? No. Hmm. A much better approach would be, wow, you um you wrote in your journal two times this week. Excellent. What can I do to help? I know what's your goal to do to write in your journal. What can I do to help? What do you need? All of a sudden, the, the motive is totally different. The vibe is totally different. I notice that you, or you could even say, I notice you're, you're writing late at night and sometimes you're too tired. Maybe you could try writing at lunchtime or in the mm-hmm. morning, the day after. 
Yeah, and it's not selfish because it's like, oh, it's your goal. Yeah, it's your goal. It's your goal. Something you want to accomplish. This is what you want to do. And so you're focused on what they want to do, not on what you want. And likewise with job inspections, you did sloppy work. Well, say you want to get your consistency bonus. Yeah. So what? Okay. In order to get it, here's what has to be done. Here's you got to make the, sure you get, you get those baseboards. I, this will get passed off. Yep. This will get passed off, but, but you got to do this and this. What helps like Trixie, who's really good at doing jobs efficiently. Like if she sees that somebody's having a hard time getting their job done on time, she'll teach them, hey, it's quicker if you do go about you know, cleaning right. the counters this she's way. She's teaching. She's correcting. Yeah. They're, they're synonymous, I say, think. Say, you didn't pass in time. How are you doing this? She'll ask them, how are, you, how are you cleaning this? And she's like, okay, listen, it's actually quicker if you do the crumbs and the wiping at the same time. Right. Or if you just clear the dishes and then go around with the garbage can and just swipe everything else into the garbage. And maybe you out there in audience land think you're not a good teacher. You're wrong. <laughs> Everyone can and should give corrections. And this is definitely, and as parents, uh, and we're implementing money pants, it, it's a great opportunity. And it's a good structure to give those corrections and to develop that ability to teach and correct. T- teaching and correcting, when you have that, that's how you progress. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about all human beings is if we're progressing, we're happy. Okay? And there's no such thing as being happy if you're not progressing, if you're not becoming a better person. And so that's why like money pants isn't just for kids. It's for adults. It's for everyone. So think of it. Um, you're setting helping other goals. people be happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you give these corrections, you're helping another person progress. And Brilliant. when they progress, they become happier. The criticism is not helping them progress. And it's, it's actually demotivating them, and it's not good. So but bad. when you give corrections and you teach and you help a person improve, you're actually helping them to be happier. It's exciting, and it's, it's, it's satisfying. Hmm. And so going back to this whole coaching idea, too, where – and I, I think I've hit this point pretty hard, but I want to make sure it's very clear. Bad coaches are the ones who never correct. Bad coaches are the ones that don't teach. So uh, a lousy coach never gives corrections. A piano teacher, a lousy piano teacher would never would never correct your technique. A lo- think of a ballet teacher or a football coach who never gives corrections. I've had dance teachers that don't. And I'm like, I'm not getting any better. Right. I'm not getting any better. I wish, I know you know how to do this, but I want you to come and show me. Um, I noticed that with when you're an older, an adult, and you go take a, a ballet class, a lot of times the dance teachers are, won't give adults corrections. Partially, some of them, it's because ah, you're not going to be on our dance team or whatever. But others, they're like, oh, you're older. You, you don't want me to correct you. Wrong. That's why I'm taking the Wrong. class. Wrong. That's why I'm taking the class mm. is I want to improve. I want to get better at this and develop you know, the art and, and be satisfied. Well, uh, and so, But there's that misconception of... If I correct you, I'm going to offend this lady. I And it's like, no, that's why I'm here. I had a horrible basketball shot. I was probably 13, 15, somewhere around that. Because nobody ever explained how to shoot the basketball to me. I just kind of chucked it at the hoop. And I have this weird underhanded thing. And I remember one day I was just goofing around and I, w- I was shooting at the basket. And this person came over. It was my dad's cousin. Who came over. <laughs> Pulled me aside, didn't know this, and instead of even asking me, she just said, hey, this is better form. And she put my arms in the right place, and, and first of all, she demonstrated it, but then she put my arms in the right place and kind of showed me the, the right way to shoot. Didn't ask. And, in, and it stuck with me, though, because it told me that she cared about me and wanted to see me succeed. And here I am, what, you know, 30 years later, that stuck with me. Where just that one little moment of somebody cared enough to teach me the correct way to do something. I wasn't upset. You know. It wasn't frustrating. I think my dad's family, for all their faults and problems. They're good teachers. They're good teachers. They're good coaches. They, yeah. they, they understand how to teach because it turned out, like years later, I met this woman who 
had shown my husband how to shoot and had taken a little bit of time to help him, Mm -hmm. you know. And I looked at her and I'm like, what's your name? You look like you're related to me. (laughs) And it turned out it was my dad's cousin. And so, What a random. Yeah. (laughs) A small world after all. So I think, to to kind of recap, I think it's incredibly important that we avoid criticism. Because, but then when we... When we do replace criticism with corrections and teaching, we need to make sure of two things, that our motives are good and our methods are good. And as long as we focus on those things, I think everyone around us will be much happier and progress a lot faster. And that's it. You know, that, that, that's the whole concept. Don't criticize. Instead, instead, correct. Teach. Correct. Yep. And... So those are kind of our thoughts on this whole concept of, of, of criticism. Avoid it. And instead, replace it with, with critici- uh, replace it with correction and teaching. And that's it for today. If you, if you like what you hear in this podcast, please tell your friends. They may want to listen too. And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, go to our website under support and click contact us. Send us an email and we'll get right on it. And that's it for today. Enjoy some Falcon Jasper epically exotic effervescent entertainment. We'll see you next time.